Alright, everybody, welcome to the Realmcast. I am your fan of Mortal Kombat, known as Fan Tim. And uh, today I got on the line with me my co host, Giannis, the lore master. And also we have our special guest, Mike from Uppercut Editions. So, hi, Giannis. How are you doing? Hello. I'm alright, thanks. And How are you doing? Good. Mike, welcome. Hey, hey, glad to be here. Glad to have you. All right, so let's get into this. I'm just going to go ahead and briefly tell you a little bit about my experience with Mortal Kombat, and just so we all know where I'm coming from. I started playing with Mortal Kombat 2. First time I played it was back on the console, and kind of got obsessed with it from there. Ended up taking home my first trophy back in sixth grade. So I've been an avid player and kind of diving into the lore ever since then. How about you, Yanis? What's your background with the game? I mean, firstly, I'm still kind of shocked that you actually won something. <laughs> when, you, when you first mentioned that to me, I was like, what? <laughs> so well, that's pretty cool. To be fair, my mom made the trophy, and we had a tournament hey, at my house. <laughs> that totally counts. <laughs> that's even better than what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, right. I did win it, but um, I, I beat all my friends to win it, so... <laughs> Yeah. Who, do, who did you beat them all with? Um, so it was a tournament between one through Trilogy. Uh, so every game was a little bit different. Uh, I think Scorpion and Sub-Zero were my mains back then. Classic. <laughs> Can't fault you for that. <laughs> so, Yanis, what's your history with Mortal Kombat? All right, well, I pretty much grew up with it. I don't remember the first game I played but I do know that I've been playing them on the Sega. From the moment I started playing it, I was kind of hooked, and it, it was just one of those games that I never really put down growing up, and not just the fact that I would play the games, but I got so into the actual story behind the games and the characters and their backgrounds and everything. Just I, I was always hooked, and obviously to this day haven't been able to get over it. It's had quite an effect on my life. I mean, I've, I literally started martial arts because of Mortal Kombat and stuff as well, you know? What so, uh, what martial arts do you participate in now? I mean, I have a second dan black belt in karate, but I was practicing uh, Wing Chun and what is a well, it's called Steel Wire Mantis or Shaolin Mantis. It was sort of uh, coming together of different uh, martial arts. Um, but I've also done a lot of Muay Thai in Thailand as well. Nice. And our special guest today, Mike. What tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your history with the game? Uh, so. My history with the game is that uh, it didn't start in arcades. It started with uh, my dad brought it home. He used to, like, smuggle us games in, like, when we were little kids. <laughs> that we weren't supposed to play at, like, 8, 9, 10 years old. And um, he would always give us, like, uh, the newest, like, video game system and, and bring home something. And uh, he, would, he brought home, like, Mortal Kombat. And it was the version with the – it was the Super Nintendo version. And, you know – immediately my brother and i were hooked um you know at the same time period you know doom was out and and we, he was a big pc gamer he would play doom nukem and all those games and uh so we we were kind of deeply immersed in all that ultra violence and all that stuff uh so that's where it started for me and then like mk2 came out uh and then uh you know and then from there it was kind of just like we we were really hooked in my brother and I, and then we kind of split apart from there because I used to go to this like skating rink, uh, like where where you would go as a kid and you would skate and like meet girls and stuff like that. But I was always there's an arcade portion of, it. and that's where like I would see like 
UMK3, and I would stand there and just watch the attract mode over and over and as the bios flashed across because when MK3 came out, I was always baffled why, like, my favorite characters didn't make the cut. Like, we used to, we didn't know, uh, we were, we were like, too young, but we would always make up, like, backstories for Cyrax and Sector and be like, oh, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's Cyber Scorpion or something. <laughs> uh, it's always been, it's always been very in me and you know i think my dad for that it's something that took hold and kind of never let go and uh that's why uh you know i'm i'm i guess sort of a content creator now yeah that makes sense uh let me ask you something what was your favorite uh character back in the day it's always been scorpion uh noob cybot's been my second favorite which conveniently enough is the original sub-zero uh, but Scorpion and Sub-Zero have always been my uh, my two favorites. Um, I mean, the other there's other characters that are kind of like, you know, 3D era kicks in. You know, there was Havoc that was really... Yeah. Um, and and uh, Onaga. Nice. How about you, Yanis? What was your favorite character growing up? Oh, I mean, uh, my, my top three would be Rain, Human, Smoke, and which is obviously way superior to the Cyber Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and who I think is totally underrated, but uh, since since uh, since I saw those characters, since I first played them, I was just hooked with them. They were my favorite from the moment that they were even born. And like, I just couldn't get over how awesome they were. I think for myself, I the the first actually the first time I saw Mortal Kombat two was. Um, at a at a roller rink, much like Mike, and um, while I was there, I saw a couple of you know older kids playing the game, and I saw uh, like out of nowhere, reptile rips off his mask and eats the opponent's head, and I was just like, <laughs> this is amazing. So then when I started playing and diving into the lore, um, I really got interested in Scorpion, just because after Mortal Kombat One, you his his ending, you learned so much more of his backstory, and I was like. Oh, this is a deeply well-written, rooted character, and I became very interested in that character kind of growing up because of that. <laughs> I think we all have to just agree that yes, while on one hand Scorpion is loved by pretty much everybody, there's a reason for that, and he's just his storyline is so intricate, yeah, so, so deep. Exactly. At least the way it started and how it came about. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> So, Mike, which would be uh, your favorite Mortal Kombat game if you were to choose one? It it would be for me to ch- to pick between Ultimate Mortal Kombat three and Mortal Kombat Deception. I mean, the story yeah. mode for Deception for me was one that I spent hours on and, and invested in, um, and I loved that they incorporated the mechanic of noob smoke and they gave reason, and then. Uh, the the whole Dragon King thing and that 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 opening cinematic was was just so awesome, and then like UMK three, it's like like I said when I was a kid that attract mode still sticks in my head, and it's the first time you see Rain and like that's how a conversation started when you know people were like oh have you seen Rain he's a purple ninja and people were like purple ninja there's no purple ninja in that in that game <laughs> and that kind of spiraled out of control and and you know your ninjas come back and. I remember when UMK3 was out in arcades and before it came out in home cons, you guys remember all those gaming magazines like Game Informer, Nintendo Power, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. GamePro. 
right? And everything that had the words Mortal Kombat on it, I made sure they picked it up because, like, my family would go, like, every Friday to the mall and we would, you know, use our allowance and I would save it up for, like, strategy guides even though I didn't have the game yet. It's probably a tie between those two. How about you, Yanis? Which, uh, which would be your favorite game? Very similar. I mean, Deception for me is the top... <laughs> possible choice <laughs> but i mean it's the same thing like the storyline well just the storyline but also the actual story mode itself the conquest was just amazing i i thought that that was genius in how they handled it rather than just going through a sort of tower or ladder you know uh i mean it gave a whole new sort of insight into the universe which had evolved so much from its inception and i mean the roster itself like yes okay there were a, a few less than good <laughs> characters added at the time. But at the same time, we had characters like Havoc coming in and Tanya returning to the roster. I thought that Deception was amazing. But other than that, I would say Mortal Kombat as three. The rosters were amazing. And the designs as well, perfect. They, they were what you expected from Mortal Kombat. So my favorite Mortal Kombat game as of now like it, it changes every year like every time or every three years or so when a new release comes out but um fair enough right now i would have to say it's mortal kombat 9 just because that game brought back so much nostalgia and dumped it all into one well-made game that like was just so much fun <laughs> It, it, you know, bringing back all those memories, uh, all the GameStops had like midnight release parties with tournaments and stuff. And yeah, it just kind of brought back that whole 90s era feel to me. So yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. I still remember seeing the, the announcement sort of trailer and just being shocked at the fact that Mortal Kombat was actually released yeah. or re-releasing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like a, a remake in so many ways, so it made it quite amazing. All right, so with introductions out of the way, let's go ahead and let's discuss Final Combat. So, <laughs> Mike, I had the benefit of uh, meeting you well. at Final Combat, or what it was supposed to be. The second you said Final Combat, you got canceled like the event. (laughs) (laughs) That stays in. (laughs) So, yeah, let's let's move on and talk about (laughs) the Final Combat that everybody came out for. Um, And Mike, this is actually when I I got to meet up with you for the first time, so... um, we probably have a little bit more insight to being on the ground than Giannis would. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, being stuck quarantined, couldn't get anywhere near you guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, actually, at the time that Final Combat was announced that uh, they weren't letting any uh, ticket holders in, the corona wasn't as big of a deal in the U.S., so it was, uh, like, pretty disappointing, <laughs> to say the least. I, um, I think the way it... Un- folded for us was the the part that was kind of just different than everybody else right so uh it, everything was coached until we walked into nether realm studios and everyone was like hiding behind that door in that hallway and they were all in right so nobody knows what the meeting is and the guy at the desk is talking to us and he's like yeah uh they're just preparing for tomorrow we're gonna do tomorrow and we're like oh that's cool let's take some pictures 
<laughs> so we're in there hanging out. We drop we drop off our pitch book, make sure we, we get we have a conversation, whatever. And then it comes out as we're leaving, we pull out of the parking lot and we're driving back to get food. It comes out that there's this massive announcement. Good that, they told you to Yeah, yeah, they could have just walked out and said, you know, there's not gonna be an event tomorrow, so maybe we'll have a conversation with you today. Whatever. But there was there was nothing. It was just they led us to believe. I guess they had a conversation with us and said. I guess nobody knew anything until they got out of this meeting that the event was canceled. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I myself, I, I drove nine hours to go to the event, and um, yeah, I found out. Um, I, I arrived at three a.m. and when I woke up the next day, that's when I found out that everything was canceled. So uh, I got to enjoy Chicago and <laughs> eat, eat a lot of pizza. But uh, luckily, Galloping Ghost Arcade threw their own little tournament and invited a lot of the last chance qualifiers out for that. So it was great to go there and see the community kind of band together, you know. But as far as Final Combat itself, I mean, uh, congratulations to Sonic Fox. We... Um, we actually wrote that down here to congratulate him before, <laughs> before the tournament actually started. So <laughs> I think if we were putting money on it, we would have won that one. My pick was Ninja Killer, but I mean, he came pretty close. Oh, yeah, he did. He definitely yeah. did. <laughs> did you watch the whole thing, Mike? No, I watched uh, the grand finals. I was on the plane. I didn't think it was going to go as long as it was because it started at what, like uh, 12 in the afternoon and, and then it went to like 9 at night. <clears throat> yeah. But without all the uh, guests and reveals and interviews and whatnot, it still went pretty long. Yeah, if the event had actually had everybody there that they'd planned, like, who knows what time they would have finished. <laughs> yeah, and and even though, like, when I called the venue, I was like, hey, you know, when, when is this going to end? I'm trying to plan a departing flight. They're like, oh, 5 o'clock. Well, didn't really pan out that way. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of great organizing. Right, I know. And it's <laughs> drop until the very end. Because they were like, well, we want to keep people watching, so we're not going to drop. Oh, I gave up. I, I had work in the morning, and obviously I'm way ahead in terms of time zone. So I, I gave up waiting for the spawn trailer. Oh, you didn't even see the spawn trailer. Until oh. I woke up in the morning. I, I watched it right before I headed off for work. <laughs> <laughs> At least I did go to work really hyped. So speaking of the spawn trailer, uh, what did you guys think? I, I mean, he's out now uh, for early access, and uh, but the trailer was was definitely uh, something that got you interested in the character if you weren't currently interested in Spawn or if you didn't have any interest in Spawn. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of pro players that are picking him up that have no idea who he is or have very little idea who he is that are picking up comic books and and uh, checking out the HBO series, which is still great to this day. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's cool. I mean, and, and Keith David, you know, his intros, his his voice is like butter and like the mid-round dialogues <laughs> and stuff he had. They're, it's so good. <laughs> they, I think they definitely did it right, bringing back Keith David. And, uh, you know, even the design work on the character looks like Spawn. It, it's kind of how I imagine Spawn would play in a Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, if anything, he seems more... I can't believe I'm saying this, but he seems more Mortal Kombat than a lot of the characters on the actual. They really game very well. I, I mean, I I'm a bit yeah. I mean, Timo knows this. I I'm one of those guys who really hates guest characters in the game, but you know what? I'm perfectly fine with this. And in fact, I'm excited for him. Uh, the trailer definitely got me hyped as well. Uh, I think that you could tell just from the trailer that Netherrealm Studios had gone all out with him. 
And now playing him in what is pretty much early access, I suppose, you can tell, really, they did go all out. It, he really plays fun. Everybody's saying he's a bit, I mean, gameplay-wise, he's a bit slow, people are saying, but I, I think it suits him perfectly. One thing about his design, I don't know if you guys noticed, but one of his legs is bigger than the other. Have you? Yes. Do, uh, do you know why that is? I actually don't know. I, I know it's part of his character, but I don't know why. Uh, how about you, Mike? Isn't it the uh, like the bucket leg or something like that? It's a yeah. It's so in the uh, earlier comics, he had one of his legs ripped off and it, it and regrew, and so that's why one of them one of the legs was always bigger than the other. So it looks ah. like they kind of stuck to like the more traditional um, spawn that a lot of people. Um, who had kind of grown up with him would be familiar with. That's really cool. I mean, a lot of people are complaining about the leg, and I'm just like, I mean, it's not that bad, firstly. If anything, it looks cool to me, but it has its roots in the comics, so Mm -hmm. there's not really anything to complain about, especially if you have an option to make a, you know, we'll go with a smaller-looking leg. (laughs) (laughs) The gear will allow you to basically make whatever version of Spawn you want, except for medieval but it it does allow you to basically <laughs> really make whatever you want and it's really cool especially the the deadpool one <laughs> the deadpool spot i love yeah. how that's what everybody calls him <laughs> i expected it like there was no way they weren't gonna do that <laughs> and like i i'm not a fan of the whole sort of military character thing i think we have way too many special forces characters but i think the way they've implemented just well guns and everything into his kit and his design yeah, he he doesn't play so much as a military character. He is a a comic character with guns, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would say he uses the more in the cave than anything else. I love also I seeing mean, how excited Todd McFarlane was to yes. see Spawn in this game. <laughs> like, you know, I think it's it's kind of a in a, in his own way he's fanboying that his character is getting used. I mean, he he does that with every every time spawn seems to be used in anything but it's great to see his excitement (laughs) yeah especially after all these years of spawn being well hinted at or asked for you know like so so many fans were actually demand k9 since i think since freddy was in and uh i i I totally see why like as i said i i don't like the guest characters at all perfectly fine see him actually finally make his debut in the game uh, it makes sense more, I guess. They did like uh, one skin for each of the guest characters. That is their Mortal Kombat version of the guest character. So like, they have the NetherRealm Studios spawn, and uh, that has like that more Mortal Kombat look. And I know they oh, did yeah. it for joke too. Yeah. And those uh, are the skins I find myself using a lot more, to be honest. I, I mean, like I said, it's the Mortal Kombat aspect that I love about it. So yeah, I've been going with the Mortal Kombat spawn look. And along the lane, same lines of. Uh skins <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on the uh released skins that just came out <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> i actually have a, a thread open still on on reddit i was looking at it earlier and there's just this comment from some guy hating on the well the jackie skin <laughs> and i totally agree with him i i think that uh they're pushing her character firstly way too much in comparison to how um, how she's been for lack of a better word welcomed by the community into the game um, but I think that of all the characters who could have got it should not have been her what do you think? I, I, I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> I, 
of any character to get that that skin. I mean, you could have gone with Devora. You could have gone with uh, Collector, even Scarlet. Um, Scarlet would have been really cool because you could have done She Spawn uh, with the yep. red hair. Um, you know, any other character. Uh, you could have even done like anti spawn skin for Scorpion, yes, uh, or Redeemer. Uh, but y- you know, instead they were just like, let's give Jackie two skins, uh, and and see how the community reacts. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie seems to be one of those aspects of the game that they don't care about the reactions. Uh, Jackie, each time that uh, I I could go for, uh, on about this for days, to be honest, but every time she's been brought up by another episode positive light and I negative reactions. And to be fair, I am part of that negative reaction. But one thing that always sticks out to me is when right before MK11 actually released, Ed Boone, he said that we're having returning fan favorites such as Jackie. And the entire Twitch chat watching the stream was just like fan favorite one. <laughs> so to see her get two skins now was completely unnecessary. Yeah, and I can't imagine, you know, there's still characters that haven't gotten a single one yeah. the DLC, which really, really stinks. Not only that, but her second skin, too, the, uh, was it the <laughs> space uh, marine? The, the rip- <laughs> meant to be Ripley, you can't tell. It looks yeah. just like one of her normal skins, to be honest. And uh, yeah, to yeah. be fair, as well, Kotal Khan's uh, skin looks cool, but I feel like Nightwolf would have benefited from this. It seems that they're trying not to give uh, DLC skins to DLC characters. I'm trying to think of when they would have done one, and the only one I can think of, uh, you know, I guess Shao Kahn are technically sort of DLC combat league, but that's all I can really think of, those guys getting skins. It does seem yeah. like they're, they're not getting the same support. And even then, I don't even know if I would really go all out and say that they're DLC characters. If anything, sorry, but Shao Kahn should have been part of the base game if he was that involved in the story. That that was not a good decision, in my opinion. Yeah, I I also agree with that. I mean, it was the same thing with Goro, but Goro wasn't even involved in the story in MKX. But uh, Shao Kahn probably should have been. I mean, you fight him in the story mode, so yeah, that alone should have been, you know, warrant enough. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Although, I mean, now that we're on this topic, sort of, it it does seem like Shao Kahn's character has his his. The fact that he's playable has been detrimental to his character in this game, but that seems to be a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. All I got to say about that is make Outworld great again. <laughs> Let's not open that kind of worms. You already opened the Jackie one with me, so yeah, we should yeah. not go there. <laughs> yeah, as far as Final Combat, I mean... Also, something else that we were kind of expecting, like a lot of fans were expecting, was the announcement of a combat pack 2. So I myself am pretty surprised that there was no mention of that at all. And kind of wondering if there is going to be a combat pack 2. I mean, I've tempered my expectations. I I always thought that it would debut with Combo Breaker. And then uh, Combo Breaker has always been like a Netherrealm-centric event. takes place in Chicago. So that's when I figured they would probably do it. And I, I personally don't think, uh, I mean, I'm on record knowing that, you know, there was a switch leak, uh, and those characters are going to come because everything else is already to fruition. Mm -hmm. So I know we're at least getting three more characters and some stages. So I can hope and dream all I want, uh, uh, six characters, nine characters, what have you. 
but I know they're not coming. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get my hopes sky high. <laughs> it seems to kill me every every time one of these games come out. I'm like I can hope and dream um, that you know smoke will come back or they'll put chameleon in the game and chameleon will be like uh tribe oh, you must have been as crushed as i was with the shang Tsung uh, reveal then for chameleon oh yeah yeah that because chameleon would have been perfect for uh that type of situation exactly <laughs> and it would have made everybody happy uh and then uh you know it, i know obviously what's coming for that stuff and it's been out for ages for that to be said i mean i'm happy some of the characters they chose but I, i've always thought it would be may that they do the teaser you know with like just the name what have you and then uh after that they'd probably say hey we're gonna release these over the summer yeah you make a good point i mean they, they wouldn't want to get take away from the spawn hype just to give a bit more excitement i think spawn carried it all on his own anyway and the moment that i mean it, it happens every time the moment a dlc character drops or the final and uh, part of an announced DLC is, uh, well, just announced, really. People start looking forward to the next thing anyway. So this is a good way of sort of handling it, I, I must say. I do hope we actually get one. Uh, according to the leaks, yeah, it, it does look like we should be getting one. If anything, uh, there are multiple leaks which state that we should be getting three combat. Ed Boon was quoted as saying that they are going to be supporting M this MK for the longest out of all their games so far. Now, whether or not they intend to actually do that, or if they are just going about things in a sort of roundabout way and just saying, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to keep the servers up longer. <laughs> it remains to be seen. But, uh, I'm like you. I'm trying to temper my own expectations, uh, especially after MKX with, um, well, Rain featuring heavily in the story and then never being <laughs> made a DLC character or even just being on the base roster. So, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> But instead of uh, Combat Pack 2, we did get to see the new Harley Quinn <laughs> animated <laughs> special. So <laughs> we got that for going for there us. There you go, Mortal Kombat fans. <laughs> here, here, actually, that seems to be the... It's always a, here you go, Mortal Kombat fans. Uh, you, we know you want Mortal Kombat stuff, so here's something from a different franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, we did get to see finally the um, Mortal Kombat animated movie. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm glad to see, you know, Mortal Kombat getting more of a mainstream, um, like not just video games anymore, like kind of getting back yeah. into what, how it started. Like, uh, I would say advertising to kids, but I don't know if uh, <laughs> kids are going to be allowed to watch this one just because of its its our rating. But um, it's good to see that they're doing more with the franchise. I would have to agree, and it comes out at a really weird time, right? So April, uh, the end of the month after Spawn comes out, um, and then May would have been Combo Breaker, right? So you're filling every month with something Mortal Kombat, which is what they want you to do. Mm. Uh, so how funny would it be if, you know, on the DVD release or what have you, it ends and there's your Combat Pack 2 trailer. That is really cool, but I do not see them going that route. <laughs> it's... <laughs> 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 they 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 want to create to generate as much hype as possible and that tends to be through some, for some weird reason with the marketing team i'm sorry guys but i don't know how you are doing things <laughs> you release trailers at interesting times out of nowhere so i mean 
it's a good idea, but like I said, I don't. Yeah, but the the animated movie itself does look amazing, and I'm I'm in the same camp as you guys. I think that it's about time Mortal Kombat got some some attention on different mediums rather than just the games. Now we did have Mortal Kombat Legacy, which, to be fair, I loved despite its sort of different sort of retelling, but that was well that just disappeared after a while right they just threw it and i'd love to see a series of mortal kombat animated movies or even just an actual series itself because i think that mortal kombat would thrive in such yeah defenders of the realm too <laughs> in fact i'm actually more hyped honestly based on what i've seen i'm more hyped for the animated movie than i am for the live action film now i am still excited for that but there seem to be some interesting decisions having been made which i don't know if i can get behind <laughs> yeah i myself i'm hoping for the best with the with the uh live action movie um i don't know if i'm gonna get that but i'm hoping <laughs> that that is amazing i think i know the team themselves have put a lot into that so um that's why i'm hope- hoping they're gonna make something kind of amazing and unexpected but we'll see. Um, <laughs> only time will tell on that. <laughs> well, I mean, the director himself seems to be very involved with the community. I am curious to see if he can really appeal to, well, the I, I suppose the original fans who care about the story being consistent with what we've had, which is why I said from what I've heard, I'm not too uh, optimistic about that being in some ways. But uh I am still excited to see it. I think that we need more more Mortal Kombat anyway, and the animated movie is a great way to start, especially with the fact that they've gone with the Mortal Kombat X designs. Now, it is interesting that they went with MKX over the MK9 designs, despite it being a sort of retelling of MK9, but I'm happy that they've gone with the MKX outfits over the MK11 ones, to be honest. And I, I think MK... I mean, Mortal Kombat 11, there's not a one particular outfit design so because yeah, they have so many different gear sets and stuff but Mortal Kombat X had kind of this iconic uh, modernized look to it all which yes uh, yeah it seems to me why they're going with that that type of outfit um, versus like the Mortal Kombat 9 or even the Mortal Kombat 1's through three outfits <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame though because that's what we've grown up with Mortal Kombat you know so to see such a heavy aesthetic change makes make they're not those characters anymore mike what do you think uh do you have any feelings on the uh kind of design work that they put into the animated movie uh i mean i know they were working on it when mkxl and mkx still a thing um they've been working on it for a while so i think that explains everything oh yeah yeah i think that's why they ultimately decided to and then release it i mean i'm not i'm not partial to any any type of design for said character as long as it represents said character but uh, i i mean there's a couple in mk9 that you know obviously i'm partial to uh sub-zero's base costume from mkx into bihan is because i I guess he never he never wears that in the story mode or anything canon that base model that's in there so uh, obviously that would probably would have been the wise decision so i guess that worked. but i I mean i i really like the aesthetic of it uh it it mirrors some of the newer DC animated films that are out, which seems to, they seem to get really good reviews. I mean, the last R-rated DC movie was The Killing Joke. I know a lot of people are really up in arms of the story is told. I don't 
have any type of connection to the costumes they're using in the movie. It does uh, since they were working on the uh, animated films since MKX and MKXL that it does seem to be rather fitting. It just I would assume that's how long it takes for um, you know to put that type of uh, feature together. So now it's coming out during MK11 after they released all the combat pack characters. People are always looking for more content and uh, you know a lot of the costumes are fairly iconic and recognizable so you can definitely say hey that's scorpion or hey that's sub zero the mkx sub zero though is is you know everyone knows it's the younger brother so but he never uses that base model costume in the story mode so it makes so let's make this behan the only puzzling thing is that i guess steve blum uh voices both sub zeros so uh that is definitely a positive yeah that's pretty cool yeah, I'm like, it does sound pretty good. Like, they got the, a lot of the original voice actors. I mean, you had, you know, the original Scorpion voice actor who's been voicing him since uh, MK versus DC and Patrick Seats. Yeah. And then you have Joel McHale and, and uh, even the Raiden actor, uh, even though you didn't get Richard Epcar, it's still pretty good. But overall, I like it. I like the artistic style. It, I like that they're including other characters. I mean, the story's centric on Scorpion, but the tournament still happens. So, you know, you got Reptile and Mary. They're giving us little, little nods of other characters, I guess, being there, even though they probably weren't. I mean, you see Natara in the dining area and all kinds of Shokens and Centaurs. <laughs> and, you know, the, speaking of the... Speaking of the animation style, too, um, it, at first I was a little taken back by the animation style, but when you consider it's a Wonder Brother production, they're almost giving it that DC type of treatment that they, they give most of their animated properties. I, I, I'm actually not too keen on it, purely because it seems a bit too blocky, if you get me. I expect more from, well, the, like the DC animations. Uh, if you compare any of those to this... You can see the difference in style, and I worry that that was a conscious decision. But uh, I think that if they'd continued down the same sort of animation style as they've gone with DC, it would have been a, it would have looked a lot better. Because right now everything looks chunky, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's kind of an in between of you know like the the DC Batman animated universe kind of style yes. with like a little bit more detail in it to kind of differentiated i think which ironically makes it more dc <laughs> <laughs> all right so mike why don't you tell us a little bit about the encyclopedia uh, that's what why we brought you on here we want to hear a little bit more and uh kind of tell us what you've been working on um i know this has been a process for you guys you guys have been working on this for quite a few years haven't you yeah it's been five years now we started it in 2015 um and it started as a petition uh, the petition got over 10,000. Um, you know, obviously, we needed to take further steps. I mean, we had Sean Kittleson kind of spurring us on just to basically get things going um, and say, hey, it takes a little more than just the petition to, you know, what you want to do. Um, and then that's where, you know, we started to build the team together and started to, to work things together. And at the start, it was my uh, designer and myself, uh, Tommy on MKO and we decided to do some mock-ups look as we started to get more and more into it and intricate start looking more and more at other things that would impact the actual project like going to events uh promotions and doing a lot uh you know asset protection and and and, and collection as the book got bigger and bigger 
you know, we, we kind of had to expand and obviously form a team, you know, a team of six people or seven people. That's pretty great. It, a lot of fans have kind of been expecting this this book to come out for quite some time. What are kind of the boundaries and limitations right now that are preventing it from actually being on the shelf, like to, to where we can purchase it? Uh, copyright. <laughs> we don't own the IP <laughs> of Mortal Kombat, and Warner Brothers is very protective of it. That being said, we've been pretty open in communicating with them in terms of uh, you know what we're doing. We haven't sold any books. We haven't made any of the projects. Um, We've we've been very open in saying we want to work with them and that we would like to do the book and that we're not seeking really any monetary uh, compensation for what we're doing. We just want to get it into Mortal Kombat fans' hands. Uh, WB has not been the easiest to play ball with as most I mean, they handle multiple IPs. Um, that is interesting, but- though, because you mentioned that Sean Kittleson was, well, interested in helping you guys out in some way, or at least you were in. Uh, cooperation with him in some form but uh, to hear that that's the case but then the WB are kind of holding you back is pretty interesting yeah he he worked on multiple different projects but no longer works for NetherRealm Studios uh, as of after the first uh, couple months after the game Uh, oh I did not know that yeah Yeah. the only one that's handling story now is Dominic alright that's that's some good information I had no idea yeah that was after May but uh, Sean works for uh, Skybound right now um, and he does a lot of comic work, but he did work on the Mortal Kombat X comic books, Injustice 2, and MK11 directly. So he's been an awesome resource, for and he's been a great, great supporter and proponent. But it's uh, it it's been definitely trying to get the book hey, fans. Uh, um, I mean, we've definitely done prototypes and shown via content creators to help get the word out better. But outside of that, I mean, that's all we've done with it. Yeah, and actually, that's uh, I, I managed to see it um, in Chicago this past weekend, and I don't think a lot of people realize when they like even the even the fans have been tracking this for a while. You know, they think of a Mortal Kombat encyclopedia and they think of it as a kind of a catch-all book that has. Um, you know, like your favorite characters, bios and things like, like that. But you guys have gone all out. I mean, you have everything from every level that was ever been included. You have gear sets, you have um, guest characters and rumored characters that never actually made into the game. I mean, you guys have every single Hornbuckle. thing. <laughs> yeah, Hornbuckle's in there. <laughs> I was looking through it. I mean, they have... Everything you could imagine, Mortal Kombat-wise, has been included in this book, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> that, that's that's one thing that has always excited. I mean, I I remember hearing about this uh, project right around when you guys were starting it, and I was so excited because it sounded like something that I myself would love. I, I mean, being so into the lore of the games, this was just like the perfect thing to have and i mean physical copy would be amazing but even online as an online resource because right now people use what i mean in mk fandom i suppose but the actual encyclopedia from from like what i have seen and everything this is just an amazing potential resource and it's just so cool to be able to compare the things that have changed throughout the years to be able to look into certain details of certain characters and everything i i think it's an amazing project myself i'm really hyped to see it come to fruition it's been uh, a labor of love 
to, to be seen. But what we show digitally is completely different than holding it in your hand. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different. And we find that when we show it to people online, we're like, okay, it's an image, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. then when they hold it and flip through it, it's, it's kind of like you're immersed. You know, it's, it's there. That, that's one of the things that keeps doing what we're doing. Do you guys remember when Mortal Kombat 9 first came out and they included the um, collector's book with it? Yes, I have yeah, it. I- <laughs> <laughs> this this reminds me of a um, like a souped up version of that times a thousand with, <laughs> with everything in it. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable the the type of product or the the type of book that's getting created here. So, Mike, where can yeah, um where can people follow the project? Where can they learn more about it and kind of keep track of everything that's going on with it? They can follow on Twitter at Encyclopedia MK. Uh, they can also follow on Facebook at the Combat Encyclopedia Project. Uh, those are only two avenues. We did have an Instagram account, encyclopedia.mk. Uh, that's on Instagram. And then um, we will be doing more and more stuff uh, as things kind of go, including working with esports folks and getting more, more of our uh, content out there. Um, our site, uppercuteditions.com, is currently down for maintenance. But we should have more on that pretty soon. Uh, I was just saying, I'm happy to hear that you're going to be in working in cooperation with the fighting game community, really, because one one of the things that IK has been doing lately is moving more towards a sort of competitive focus rather than a lore focus, as can be seen by the fact that they've removed, say, bios from the from Mortal Kombat 11. So you would have this sort of project going on accessible at fighting game tournaments is amazing because that would actually show a different side of the game or the series to people who pretty much just play it for competitive I think that that's a great way of exposing the series in a different in a different light yeah I'd have to agree and it's we want to be a catch-all uh, so that's what we're trying to do I mean we, the book will cover everything Mortal Kombat so uh, TV shows comic books um, appearances outside of the games the games you know uh, Everything MK will be in the book, so it's you know whatever version of whatever character that person connects with will be there. You know, I myself am really excited about this. You know, how can the fans kind of get involved more with the project and uh, kind of make sure that that Warner Brothers and another realm know that we want this? Like, what would you recommend as the best course for us as fans to kind of reach out and uh, let them know that we would like to see this made? <laughs> uh, I would tag us. Um, in any, you know, WB Games, Warner Brothers, uh, or NetherRealm Studios stuff, or, you know, contact Warner Brothers or NetherRealm Studios by just tweeting at them and saying, hey, we really want this Combatpedia to happen. Maybe put Combatpedia as a ha-. Uh The newer book is being penned as the compendium, um, as it's going to be much larger than the Combatpedia was. Uh, but, you know, doing that helps us a great deal, and we'll make sure we share that stuff that gets to the the right properties i was curious as to how you were managing with <clears throat> say the uh the, the ongoing retcons as obviously you'll be writing one thing and then mm. all of a sudden a huge aspect of a certain character or even the actual story itself changes so i mean uh, to, to use an example it would be the existence of the uh, titans which has been revealed in mortal kombat 11 so how is it that uh, you go about dealing with these sort of retcons uh, whilst maintaining what you have written in the past from previous entries. So everything in this current book was rewritten 
after MK11, so it was kind of a massive undertaking. Um, but basically what we're doing with retcons is we're noting them uh, on character pages or um, if they happen uh, in an alternate timeline or what have you. But those things are noted on said pages like, hey, in previous, you know, uh, in previous games, this was the case versus what happens here. So we make sure that, you know, the fan is aware of what exactly has been happening or what has changed over this, you know, the course of old timeline to new timeline or, you know, game to game. Yeah, that seems like like the right approach to take, especially considering so many things continue to change even as DLC characters are uh, released. Yeah, and there's plenty of retcons to go around. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, but that sounds great. I'm really excited to see this project come to life and I look forward to seeing all updates. So everybody make sure you are following the uh, Encyclopedia Compodium on Twitter at EncyclopediaMK and uh, also uh, via their other social media presence at Uppercut Editions. Thank you everybody for joining us today on the Realmcast and be sure to check us out. We have a couple different Facebook pages we got. There is the uh, Facebook group, the Mortal Kombat group. If you just search in Facebook for that or go to facebook.com slash the Mortal Kombat group you can find us there or also via the the meme page. Uh, the Mortal Kombat meme realm, you are formerly known as Mortal Kombat Memes 2019. Uh, we'll be sharing all of the ways that you can check out the encyclopedia on both uh, and we'd love to even have, have questions with us on those pages uh, anyway. And Mike, oh, yeah. before we let you go, um, what is your favorite finisher? Fatality, brutality, friendship. What's your favorite finishing move? You know, there's that, that fatality where like Scorpion summons you to the nether realm in, uh, I think it's MK Trilogy. And like he raises his hands and 50 scorpions all kind of yes. spring <laughs> up. And then, like that is the most out there, strange fatality. Me, but like I, I love that. That is a great fatality, I, and definitely you have some great taste. I can tell just from that. <laughs> that brings back so many memories. <laughs> thank you very much for your time. <laughs> no, thank you, guys. Uh, uh, to all uh, listeners, we plan on doing this podcast bi-weekly. Uh, we actually plan on bringing in other guests as we go through, and on the next one, we're looking at having a sort of well-known Mortal Kombat uh, YouTube. See if you can figure out who it is. And uh, please join us next time. Yeah, that's all. Thank you for joining the Realmcast.